We hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. We hope you enjoy your stay. Outside the sun is shining. Like heaven ain't far away It's good to have you with us Even if it's just for the day And welcome to TGS presents a very special college football podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tammy Dooley, and with me is Jacqueline Cordova. Um, we are waiting for our friend Levi to join us as well. Um, but we thought we would like to take a moment and uh, kind of discuss on what's going on in the world and how it's affecting college football. So there's been a lot of news in the last few days. Uh, Jackie, are you with me? Jackie's back on hold. <laughs> See, bringing her off hold works this time. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, now. <laughs> hello. Hey. <laughs> it's good to hear you. Yeah, it's good to hear you. It's been so long. Yeah, for sure. Levi, do we have you? Yes, you do. I'm here too. Awesome. So now that we got everybody online, I just want to uh, also take a moment to shout out our sponsor, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, um, has come out with some amazing new flavors this summer, and uh, I need to make an order because from what I've heard, things are amazing. Um, so check out Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce um, on Amazon or at your local, is it Hy-Vee? <laughs> Remembering Iowa grocery stores is difficult for me. <laughs> Yes, you can buy it at Hy-Vee. I think a awesome. lot of the grocery stores actually you can. So, but yes, Hy-Vee, cool. All right. Um, so today, I mean, let's start with okay. COVID nineteen is a thing, and it makes football hard to play, <laughs> as we are learning. Um, every it seems like team and conference is trying to figure out, you know, their own path of what to do. We know that the PAC 12 and the big 10 have decided to play um, inter like inter conference only. Um, but I've also seen like Hawaii picking up out of conference games <laughs> today. Um, and then on top of that, you know, at a lot of the places where college football like exists, right, that it's huge, are also the places that we're starting to see um, Corona really spike. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys kind of what that looks like in the in the state of Iowa, or what it looks like from back east, I guess. Um, just because right now, you know, out west, it seems like the the Pac-12 has kind of made their choice, and the Mountain West is kind of hanging out in space. Um, so what's it look like to you guys? Well, it looks like in, in Iowa, they're, we're battling, I would to say the least, where they keep seeing a spike right now and running at this 9, 10, 11% infection rate. 
and definitely going to be problematic if that trend continues in this way. It's going to be really hard to say, hey, you can have, you know, you can you can have athletic competitions. Certainly, no way to have people in the stands at those competitions. It doesn't feel like if the spread is that rampant. Yeah, it feels like we've stopped having the conversation. Do we want, like, is it safe to have fans at the game? I feel like that conversation just kind of went out the window at this point. And at least in Iowa State's case, um, they're sticking to having it at half capacity. Um, so I feel like as weird as it is, I feel like Iowa's pretty divided right now since Iowa being in the Big Ten there already announced the whole non-con conference schedule and Iowa State is the Big 12, I should say, is not jumping on that wagon yet. So I feel like things are pretty divided and the state is just constantly kind of arguing what is the right thing to do. But I just think it's interesting that we aren't discussing whether fans should or shouldn't be there anymore, I guess, is what I find the most interesting. I find that interesting as well, Um, just because, you know, we know that all it takes is like, you know, one super spreader event, right, to really make things go sideways. And so, you know, the Boise State is talking the same thing, um, you know, half capacity, um, season ticket holders only kind of deal. And, um, you know, as obnoxious as I'm finding that, I, I just, you know, look at going into the future. I mean, we're supposed to start fall camp in two weeks, right? That's, that's insane to me to think about that. Well, I tried to open um, campus at BSU, and then cases started spiking up, and they closed it again. Like, how are you going to have closed campus and fall camp? Yeah, I think I read somewhere that, like, someone's biggest question is, um, what is even the point of us canceling non-conference games when, in the end, our conference games are so much farther apart? And how are we going to all come together to agree that every single school is going to have the same exact safety procedures so that it's not like, well, Iowa has one set of way to do things, but then they go and play a game, either schools, um, any school in the state goes and plays games out of state. And what if their procedures severely different from what we're doing in this state? So it's just it's just a giant cluster with so many different factors that we have to take into consideration, especially if um, college students are going back on campus. You know, we can't we can't hold the entire student body to a certain standard to make sure they're taking care of themselves, just so we can make sure our athletes are able to play. So. And I think that's I think that's a good point. I think that the real a good part about playing only a conference schedule that I'm kind of in agreement with in a way is that conferences, since there's no overarching theme, nobody that's actually overseeing the whole NC2A, if you have a conference, you can have those conference standards and you're a lot more likely to have the same sort of revenue, the same sort of monetary ability, say to agree that you're going to test all your athletes every X amount of days or that or for a road trip, you have to arrive so many days early and pay for hotels for longer. One school does than the other, those sort of things where if you have big 12 playing the big 10 or the mountain West, there's, there's different funding available. 
and it's hard for them to come to an agreement and say that. I think that's where you saw a lot of the smaller schools where it really got impacted. But you're seeing that they're not going to be able to test the way that a Big Ten school is, so they're not going to play them. I mean, that's exactly completely fair. Um, You know, testing's expensive, and it's not, you know, widespread enough for us to be, I don't know, this is a personal opinion, right? But I feel like we don't have widespread enough testing for us to be tossing several hundred tests a week at college football per team. It it doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you test everybody twice, that's 200, 300 tests. Right, including coaches and everyone. I mean, and I, it, there's a story to, from earlier today that Iowa State, you know, your athletic department is estimating forty million dollars in losses if college football isn't played or if the fall sports aren't played. And that's a you know, yeah, a think, school with money, <laughs> right? No, you're, yeah, you're you're absolutely right there because, and that was one that was was brought up by I'm not sure who I was just reading somebody in. Sports Illustrated, maybe there's one of the coaches or athletic directors kind of said, what we have to take into account here is what if we roll this out and we start doing this as as a complete testing thing and we're willing to test everybody X amount of days. Well, if there's a testing shortage that comes back in the country, it is really hard for them to justify saying, okay, now we need to allocate, like you just said, two, three, four hundred tests to college athletes when there's a need for regular people to have to test. Right. I mean, Idaho's in rough shape right now. We're at the top of our capacity for testing. Um, It's still not enough for everyone. We're in the middle of a big spike, like right in Boise, so in the Treasure Valley, right where BSU is. And I don't know, the outlay of expense to be able to play college football, I mean, are they even going to make money? (laughs) <laughs> at this point, you have a stadium full of half of your, you know, season ticket holders, right? Um, but a lot of people have dropped season tickets because it's, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know. I just, I'm at the point where I think trying to play college football in 2020 and possibly 2021 is completely insane. And watching all these people try to figure out a problem that we all know the answer to deep down is supremely frustrating. I think it's also hard, too, because we're talking about college students. Like, you know, it isn't like the way that we're watching the NBA handle these professional, highly paid athletes who you can be like, well, hey, this is your salary. So, yeah, you're going in this bubble for this extended period of time. Like, what are we supposed to do? Tell these college students they have to also join this sort of type of bubble structure when they are literally some of them are as young as 18 years old. There's, I a, mean, this is one thing I kind of thought about there. Go ahead, Levi. I'm sorry. Oh, oh you're good. I, I was actually, what Jacqueline was saying, I, I was kind of thinking about that and wondering, is there any potential validity to saying that maybe percentage of these, of these guys or kids or whatever you want to call them, but percentage of these players, are they potentially safer on a college campus in a more controlled environment if there's not more students there that they're interacting with, if they are in a bubble type of scenario, then they would be would be at home. There has to be a percentage where they're if they're. Well, I mean, to I, I agree with that, right? 
there's going to be a percentage yeah, of people that are going to have to take a job outside the house or whatever, right, to get through mm-hmm. this time. That would definitely be safer on campus, you know, being fed or whatever. But I just, I don't think, I don't think the NCAA is willing to open, you know, the Pandora's box that is explaining how college athletes are both, you know, unpaid, (laughs) you know, of their own free will kind of deal, right? And also forced to live in an on-campus bubble for months on end. I just just don't think they can do it. Yeah, at some point you're going to run into, like, I think we've kind of talked a little bit before about where you're going to run into where the where the actual line of say, being able to say student-athlete is and really saying that we're putting the student first. If you're saying in, say, Rutgers or USC or cases like that where they're not going to have any people on campus or certainly like 10% of the student body, but saying only 10% of our students are safe but all our football players are, it's going to blur a line quite a bit if that line's not already blurred enough. For sure. Jackie, I know that um, you're into wrestling, and Mm -hmm. we're starting to see athletic departments around the country. Uh, Stanford was kind of the most notable, um, cut their wrestling program. Um, And I know Boise State has cut swimming and diving and the like three month old baseball program. Um, and I feel like cuts are coming, you know, further across. Do you think it hurts the future of like Olympic wrestling for NCAA wrestling to take hits like that? Um, I think in like a big picture, I think it definitely can have an impact. Um, I was just, someone just asked me the other day if I had any inkling that, you know, if things were to go really bad, you know, worst case scenario, football gets canceled type of thing. Um, I I want to hope, and this is just like, like we've said, this is just my opinion. I, I don't have any, like, I haven't had any conversations to, for this thinking, but I just want to believe that places like Iowa State and Iowa and you and I, at least in where I'm at right now, that we're not going to see the programs cut. But I think, you know, their budgets are very different compared to what we see in football. So I think they'll take really big hits. Um, as far as Olympic wrestling and how, how that can turn out, I think it'll hurt a lot if we start to see a lot of programs start getting cut that aren't just, you know, in Iowa. Stanford getting cut was, like, huge, and it really impacted everyone. Right even just because, I mean, honestly, I am so concerned when it comes to wrestling because we already watched these guys get told, like, no, you will not get another year the way we've seen spring athletes get granted. So if, you know, football gets canceled, then wrestling's definitely going to get canceled for the season. At least that's my opinion on that. But now you're taking two years from these guys. You know, that impacts them greatly when it comes to how they're going to be I mean, just the scale of how you qualify to go on to become, you know, um, USA team member. So it mm-hmm. would just, everything would just have to change. Like, how are you going to tell some of, like, I don't know, like Spencer Lee for Iowa, how are you going to tell him who has, is just so talented and belongs to go on and do such and bigger, better things that like, oh, sorry, you don't qualify because you missed out on your last two seasons. 
yeah. Ugh. There's going to have to be so many rules and rule changes. And, I mean, I feel like this is really a chance to simplify a lot of, like, the sports bureaucracy, but it's too bad I don't think we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if the NCAA is going to step up to the plate on that one based on what we've seen from them historically. But it seems like you're going to have to make there's, – there's going to have to be some sort of simplification or concessions on some of this because especially if you look at smaller conferences, they can't gain these hits like the bigger schools can, right? If you look at what was the MAC lost, what, $10 million or something? Was Bowling right. Green, I know, lost over $2 million. Uh, Central Michigan lost $2.5 million. That's had to be a huge hit to a small school like that who's realistically, you're playing these playing type of game or pay for play type of games to sustain that budget. You're not necessarily, I know everybody wants to remember Appalachian state from 15 years ago, but realistically you're playing those for the money. You're not actually thinking you're going to go knock off Michigan or Penn state at Penn state or something. Right. Yeah. I, I can only really talk about the, the money part at Boise state. Right. Um, so canceling spring sports costs about $10 million. Um, our coaches, a bunch of them took pay cuts this summer. Um, like I think it was around 30% or some furlough time, um, to try to save it. We cut two sports. Um, you know, Boise State football basically makes half of the athletic budget (laughs) for the year. And we don't have, you know, there's there's not like there's backup coming from the state, and we don't have a huge endowment. And even if we did, we couldn't touch those funds for athletics. I just, I both am concerned that the group of five and power five split is going to become so huge in this time of COVID between, you know, being able to test, being able to play, being able to, um, I don't know, continue on with the amount of scholarships that they had the level of coaching that they had, Um, you know, all that stuff's in real big trouble if we don't get our arms around how to have college, I think. Um, And I think we're at least a couple years out from figuring that out. And I don't, I don't know if how many group of five schools can afford it. You know what I mean? Boise, I'm scared that I've seen the best of Boise state football pass that we're going to be back in the big sky in three years because of this. And that, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's because yeah. the money is such a problem. I really wish the NFL would step up and realize that they, they have had a free farm league for a hundred years and start financing this a little bit more, but it's just my opinion. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great point. And if bringing up the endowments was another one, because I think that one gets, misconstrued a lot certainly in what I saw on social media when like Stanford cut the programs would immediately see the numbers of what their endowment is well those endowments are as a general rule not people that are saying hey I want to make sure this football team does okay they're trying to make sure that STEM programs are are doing okay so you can't just take take whatever you want out of an endowment to fund your swimming team or whatever exactly I don't know. I'm worried about a lot of little schools on the West Coast that were struggling anyway. Um, and to be 
perfectly honest, I'm not quite sure how playing California schools is going to work. Um, just because of how everything is being handled is so different, right? Um, the other thing that keeps getting yeah, pitched I, is BYU coming back to the Mountain West for, you know, this, so they don't have to try to put together a schedule, um, which I think is, I hate it. You know, <laughs> thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it, but I also think they burn those bridges and they can play Liberty 11 times for all I care. Like, <laughs> What, do you think there will be another realignment because of this? Yeah, I think there has. I, I almost think there has to be because I think you'll see, like you said, schools that can't afford to continue on on certain paths. So you're going to have to have. There's only so many people you're going to want to like use a Notre Dame type of example where they can be independent but then be in the ACC for basketball or you know each teach their own type right. of thing. Everybody's going to have to figure out a way to do it. And I think the travel thing is, is really interesting, even doing it in conference, because if I look at, you know, say that the Big Ten adjusts and Iowa is playing at Rutgers, right now if you travel to New York, and I think New Jersey too, as from Iowa, you've got to quarantine for 14 days. So are these guys in a hotel for 14 days? before they can do anything or how, how is that going to work? How's the big, I'm curious to see how the big right. plans navigate that sort of thing. Boise has the same problem with Hawaii or Mountain West has the same problem with Hawaii, right? Are they, cause you're supposed to quarantine 14 days when you hit the Island, you know, so is Hawaii like sending their entire football team to quarantine on the mainland? Cause that sucks. Can you force that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't. How are they? I, I'm really curious how they can handle that to say everybody's going to follow those protocols because, like the NCA, it's, it's hard to believe the NCA can say our rules are bigger than your state's rules. I don't foresee that happening. I don't. I mean, well, I don't that either. And I also don't see all states agreeing <laughs> on anything. <laughs> no, no. That's not feasible. <laughs> it's going to have to be within conference of how they do it, but then that still doesn't eliminate any, any state issues. So I don't know how they'll handle that. And then we okay. go back to the fact that they're students. <laughs> and what if right. the school they're at hasn't canceled classes on campus? What if they have to go into classes? Now we're looking at not only do some of these student athletes have to restructure from having normal Monday through Friday classes because sometimes they have to leave early for travel, but now they have to factor in having two weeks of quarantine before and after. And I assume you go to some sort of online thing with that, right? Where even if your school is not online, there's an exception for it. I, I don't know, but that's my guess. But they would, they would just say these guys are exempt from going to class. They're going to do it on the computer, which certainly won't have any educational implications. There's no way they'll cheat around that or anything. Well, didn't we hear last year there were several players like at Ohio State and stuff that really had never like set foot on campus other than to go to the football complex? Yeah, they were doing everything online, right? They're like, yeah. Wasn't, didn't Joe Burrow make that joke about LSU, or did I have the wrong person? I thought he made a joke about on no, online. I think you're right. Yeah, deleting. Saying, yeah, 
saying like, yeah, like I've been in a classroom or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like everybody's looking at the end of August and we should be looking at, you know, next fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't think yeah, the NFL is like going to love spring football. Spring football doesn't seem very viable from what, it, it seems like a last ditch effort, but that seems like, from everything I've read, it seems like they're really just what we're doing as a rule from what we're doing right now to saying, okay, we kind of got to decide by beginning of August, middle of August, for sure what's going to happen. But it feels like we're just kind of kicking the can farther down the road. And if we don't have something in the fall, you can give people hope to say it'll happen in the spring, but that's more burden on the athletic departments too, for basic things like transportation, plus the people that actually handle information, things like that, who can they cover, you know, every six, can they cover three sports instead of one because you moved it to to the spring? I don't, that's a lot of a burden on somebody there too. Yeah. That's, totally all, that, that's like a huge thing of today when we, I guess it didn't happen too much today, but when we were discussing this today in our Slack chat is that there are so many huge factors that go into executing a season that isn't just, all right, let's get the guys on the field in their pads. Like, there's just so much stuff in the background that even just the thought of, like, getting all their hotels organized, making sure that they have all their transportation organized, like, just the staff who does, like you said, the people who are in charge of being these, um, like, SIDs or just the main media contacts, um, even just like when I, when I worked at the hotel, when we would plan um, training camp for the Iowa State football team, that was a whole process. Like these are all little things that don't seem extremely important or really even cross certain fans' minds. But these are things that take a lot of time and money to execute to j- even just get to game day. So like I feel like moving it to the spring isn't just as easy as saying, well, we'll try again later. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree with that. I, I think it kind of, to me, it feels like it either happens in the fall or it doesn't happen until next year. Honestly, I was somewhat encouraged, probably the most I have been in a while, when they started announcing that they would just do in-conference games because I feel like that gives them the most control, potentially, and just kind of looking for any any glimmer of hope. Not that that's, that's going to help it, but kind of that's what I was looking at, but then you hear, like, like today, just before we talked, I was reading, was the SEC, uh, Greg Sankey, really feeling like that guy doesn't seem to have a lot of hope for the SEC. And they're kind of the ones where I look at and go, if the SEC doesn't play football, there's nobody playing football. Agreed. Like, the Mountain West is crazy, right? But I still – if if the SEC and basically ESPN was not planning to televise, like, what are we even doing? (laughs) Not that I don't think, you know, ESPN and Fox wouldn't televise small school football if it was on, but I just don't believe it's safe enough to have a hundred dudes and 50 coaches and all of the attending people that have to go along with it. Plus the media, plus, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Jackie's right. There's way more stuff that goes along behind the scenes than 
you know, we noticed on Saturday afternoon that, you know, we had to keep all those guys safe too. Yeah, I think unfortunately probably it, it, a lot of it is going to come down to the money and like we all want everybody to be safe obviously and I think that's of utmost concern to nearly everybody but I think at some point we also remember that the schools the NCAA and ESPN and the TV contracts were billions of dollars at stake they're going to potentially take some risks that a large percentage of people aren't going to agree with take those risks or try and play at these or try and start things because they're going to say, we need this revenue. Would you go if you could go to a game this fall? No, no, I'm not. No, I wouldn't. I'm not going to a game right now. (laughs) I'll watch it on, you know, I'll, Watch every game on TV, just like I. Yep. Jackie, would you go take pictures of the game? Sorry, Jackie, would you go take pictures of the game? Yes, I would. I I would. I've mentally told myself that if we have football, I will be there. I have no idea what that would look like. Um, I've had several conversations with uh, my boss at Cyclone Fanatic. Like, what do we think this would look like? And. You know, I think constantly changing every day. It's not like we've had a big conversation about what we think media protocol would look like. But if I'm given the opportunity to, I will probably for sure do it, especially because if we have football, that's going to be something I want to be there to witness and capture, you know, because this is just it's such a huge moment in history. And if I have the opportunity to do it and if I can do it safely, I'm I'm going to do it. That's legit. That's fair. Um, you will not catch me dead anywhere near any blue carpet this year um, as much as I would <laughs> like. Okay. I know that like this is, this is a bad joke, so take it for what it's worth. But like, guys, I knew Florida State was going to try to get out of coming to Boise, but this is a bit much. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all right. It's the same way we feel over here. Like, Iowa really had to go to the Big Ten and ask that they just go down to only conference play because they clearly didn't want to play us. Play in the long game. I, I see. Shut <laughs> it off another year. It's fine. Uh, an interesting thing um, that's been brought up a few times around Boise is that if we have a hole in the schedule, which we do, a giant Florida State one, um, that we should be trying to get uh, Idaho on the schedule to come down and play and finally break the tie. Um, so basically when Idaho and Boise quit playing a few years ago, um, we left the series on a tie and, uh, 2020 having breaking the tie would be very interesting. Even if we all know it would be an absolute ass kicking. So So I like that idea because there's nothing more soothing than a vandal beat down, but I'd really rather not play football at all if we don't have to. (laughs) It'll be, it's going to be interesting over the next, I would say, three to four weeks to see how it plays out because we did look at, you know, it really was like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, when it seemed like we were kind of having a handle on things, not, not over, you know, not fantastic, but 
kind of seemed like there was a little bit of a slowing the spread, certainly, and maybe things were moving in the right direction, and then it just exploded over the last two weeks. So the only way you can really hold out some sort of hope is to hope that that trend reverses itself and that people do the things that they need to do to help stop the spread or slow the spread or whatever, flatten the curve, whatever the word is today or the phrase is today, to try and get some sense of normalcy, even if it's just them playing with no fans. But, you know, in the next three or four weeks, I think that's where we'll find out. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I just don't feel like Idaho is going to get it together. Um, I mean, we're Idaho. We're not going to get it together. Um, but I do think that, like, it's it's an interesting conversation to have when you realize that, you know, if somebody busts their leg playing football, there is no room for them over at the hospital a couple blocks away. That's insane to think about, isn't it? I hadn't like, even thought about that. If things yeah. go the way they're going right now, that's where we're going to end up. And I just – I cannot see – Coach Harson, and honestly, I can't see whoever ensures Boise State going for that. Just can't see it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Being like the insured part of it, the, the risk taking, and doesn't open schools up for lawsuits, those sort of things. I I haven't looked at that enough to begin to speak intelligently about it, but that's if it does. In the end, we talk a lot about the athletic directors and players and coaches and who wants to play, but the university presidents are who's going to make that final decision for everybody, right? It's not not necessarily who we who we always look at in the news. It's somebody who's looking at the greater good of the university. I don't Man, who's more powerful, insurance companies or the NCAA or ESPN? Guess we're gonna find out. <laughs> yes, ESPN, Disney, Disney seems fine, right? There, other than the Hong Kong deal, but they're open again. They're flowing. We're fine. So maybe Disney, Disney and ESPN, maybe are the ultimate winners. Uh. This is going to, like, end up in the Supreme Court three years from now. It's going to be insane. Just the money fight. Do you guys – I mean, I don't know. When you look around the country kind of at what's going on, right, like, I don't see how Texas can move forward with football. Like, Texas canceled high school football. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's huge. Is that officially done? Like, I I thought it was, but I could be wrong. Like I, I knew it was on the table. I didn't see whether they for sure did or not. But yeah, if they're they, high school football, there is just huge. That's gotta be an top four. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how. I don't think they've. Go ahead. I, I'm not sure how they're anybody's going to feel completely great about it until they, until things go and are fine and they determine what's the, what's the risk people are comfortable with, right? Because 
if yeah. if football happens, people are going to get sick. That's there's there's no way around it. It's going to happen. It's happening just with these pre camps with no other students on campus. But what's the risk level people are okay with? What's the what's the number or the percentage or whatever they determine where they say this is fine and this shuts down this shuts down football and if this shuts down football this school the, whoever you're supposed to play for the rest of the year is just done or how to, I don't know how that looks either. The conversations I've had with people in wrestling, we basically all agreed that how football goes is going to kind of determine what happens for the remainder of the year. Um, because if we can't start football in a few weeks, and things are as bad as if they continue to stay where they're at, how could we possibly have media day in October for wrestling? You know? So I think every single sport right now is just looking at football, (laughs) just waiting to see what is the rest of the year in terms of the sports calendar about to be like, because I would be curious to see how we handle spring. Um, if things don't get better, you know, I mean, I would hope that by then we are all in better shape, but with the way things are going, I'm not too crazy optimistic necessarily that we're going to suddenly be ready to roll a hundred percent anytime during this sports calendar. So I looked it up and it doesn't look like they've banned or like canceled it across Texas or Texas completely. Um, but there are several school districts that have outright said they're not going to do extracurriculars this year. Um, and then also there's talk of canceling it in Louisiana as well. And I know that um, most of the high schools in Idaho have stopped doing summer workouts once they figured out that the weight room wasn't safe. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, life has to go on, right? But I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to be making decisions about, you know, their level of risk that they're comfortable with. And it's not going to be enough to like keep everything going as it should. Right. Like, I don't know, just when you think about like how school is setting up to go this fall or how, you know, going back to work is going for a lot of people. um, You know, I just don't see how, we can move forward with the football season and that is awful and it will cost a lot of money and a lot of people will be out of work and it really, really sucks. But pandemic, like I just, we don't know enough about what happens a year down the road after this virus because we haven't made it there yet. You know, if it attacks the immune system, it's going to hit more than healthy young lungs. You know what I mean? Yeah, we definitely don't know. Long, we we don't know long term effects for for sure. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I hope people <laughs> something that we just encountered. But I mean, are they? I don't I don't know how they're going to because I still think spring is outside of everything that we've talked about. I think that spring's out of the question. So it's either we have it or we don't. So I think that's what's going to make them push harder to try and do some sort of schedule this fall. I, still don't know for sure what that might look like, but if you look at, I don't think you're going to look at spring, who's going to be, how much better are things potentially going to be? And if you go to spring, 
you lose, I would assume, an exorbitant amount of the, the top talent. I mean, Trevor Lawrence right. isn't going to go play in the spring when the draft. The NFL said we're not moving the draft. So it kind of feels like this either happens in a few short weeks. Now what? we got like six weeks, potentially, six, eight weeks, or it's not yeah. happening at all. Yeah, I agree. We got to factor in the fact that if we move football to fall, sure, okay, we schedule it then. But then when is the end of the season? Do we go with normal? Do we go back to normal operations then? Do we let the guys go home for a little bit and then come right back and start all over again and then play another full season within the same year? What about the guys that want to go to the NFL? Like what if they get hurt in the spring? You know, there's just, there's so many factors that go into, again, just goes back to there's so many other things that have to be considered when looking at moving something from the fall to the spring. I think, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that it probably messes up too much stuff if the NFL won't bump out the draft, right? Like that everything kind of keys on that as far as the spring football thing for me. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. I, that's all that's, that's these, that's your main goal, right? Is to get to the NFL. So if you're, if you're on the chance of going, unless you're think you're going to significantly improve your draft stock, you're not going to play it in the spring. I, I don't see any, any way that somebody would do that. And the NFL is, They've several times from what I've seen and said, listen, we don't care what happens. This is when the NFL draft is next year. This is when we'll draft players. And they're, they're pretty unwavering on we're the end goal for people. People are, we're the one that people want to watch. So figure you guys figure it out yourselves. Right. So I've got an idea. Play in state only. So it's like a round robin tournament tournament. Or if you're in Idaho, it's just Idaho and Boise State and Idaho State just play each other over and over again for like six games. <laughs> I think this would be fascinating. And everybody yeah. has to follow the same rules and has – what's that? I think Nebraska's going to have a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so sad. Um, there's always New Mexico State, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, someone – oh, sorry, Levi, you go ahead. I, I like that idea. They played New Mexico State, and then they but they both have to run the triple option or something really weird like that, just back and forth. Right. And we just got <laughs> yeah, to go backwards in time. Uh, I mean, someone – I love you guys. I would love to watch Iowa play that. Iowa State and watch you all throw – oh, I'm sorry, Jacqueline, go ahead. No, no, you go – that's exactly what I was going to say is – Someone was suggesting, why don't we just play within our state or even just, like, someone very close, like SDSU for us. But I'm sure Iowa and Iowa State would love to just go at it for six weeks. <laughs> and the, watching the progression of games, I think, would be, like, super fascinating. How they learn about each other and how the game changes throughout the series, right? Kind of a thing you know, you get to see in the NBA all the time, but you never really get to see – in other sports. I don't know. I think it would be fascinating. And I would love to watch Alaska for six weeks. Like, let's do it. 
<laughs> yeah, start to see, you start to really see some coaching adjustments when you got one opponent that many times. We're going to figure out who can really coach. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Boise ended up playing Fresno State back to back in like the end of the regular season and then the championship game. And even that progression was fascinating. So, you know, over the course of a longer period, it'd be really interesting to see what they could do. But, you know, that's the kind of plan that makes way too much sense. So it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah, I've got this tiny, tiny glimmer of hope left that I'm just trying to hang on to any shred. I've got the my Phil Steele 352-page magazine about to show up. It's like in my mailbox. I'm checking every day this week. Just be reading <laughs> that thing, and I have a... I got this feeling that I should have paid extra for an autograph or something because I got a, I got a bad feeling of, of where it's going to end up. But Right. <laughs> Maybe flip through it once and then put it away. So in 30 years, you can put it on whatever we have that's eBay then and make some money. <laughs> right. That's I uh, just set it aside. Tell my kids that's, that's their inheritance. I'm sure that'll, that'll work well for them. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's more than most kids and millennials will get, so good on you. So, you guys, I mean, we can keep going if you'd like. Um, I've got this set for 90 minutes, but we can be done whenever. Um, You know, I think we're just kind of up in the air on everything right now. College football is a mess. It's probably going to, you know, reorganize itself into more of a local sport, which is how it was back in the day, right? Um, It'll be interesting to see how a national champion is crowned, if they are able to play, if we even bother. Will there be bowl games? Will there be bowl games? Is that a thing that can happen? I don't think bowl games. I could see it. I was thinking about that from a – I don't think you can do all the bowl games. I guess you could quarantine just as easily in a bowl game, though they already go a week early or whatever. But you could, I was thinking for the championship, you could still have four teams, and they could do you could do a pretty NBA like NHL like bubble for that pretty easily. They'd have those four, and they just never leave the grounds, and it's all yeah. one site type of deal instead of two games. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's, let's, if we're going to, before we end, I guess, let's do, uh, if we're going to end, what's, what's your percentage chance do you think football is played in the fall this season on a, uh, like, just a conference only at least type of schedule, a bare minimum, they're just going to play like eight games. Yeah. What's your percentage chance? Like, are we going to see happens? our teams, are we going to see our teams take the field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a complete toss up in my mind right now, man. I mean, the money means a lot, so I can see him trying it. I also can see it stopping the minute, you know, we have to see Tom Rinaldi make a half hour thing for, you know, four people on a team who passed away. So I don't, I don't know. It, that's where I'm at. Just completely up in the air. I was like, Pretty conf- I guess I won't say I was pretty confident, but I felt that 
there's definitely going to be football. Like I was, that's where I was until the big 10 announced they were cutting down to um, only conference games. Then I got a little, (laughs) I got a little nervous and, you know, conversations started to be having like, okay, maybe no football isn't as unrealistic as we thought, but um, I mean, as we've said, the money is really huge and we have not seen anything put out that says, you know, these schools are going to be helped out. Um, so I feel like I'm at like 60, 40, <laughs> that football will be had, <laughs> whether it's cut short or if it's everyone goes to strictly only conference opponents, whether fans end up getting uh, fully canceled out of games, I feel like there's still a good chance this is going to happen. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're kind of in the same same thoughts that I was I was kind of having. I, I actually got a little bit more confident going to conference only schedules because I think that in conference the they can figure it out of what they're going to allow testing-wise and all the things that we talked about earlier there. So testing, quarantine. I'm still I'm still 75 here. I think I'm 75%. I think we're going to see some sort of football. I love I love your positivity. <laughs> Well, I don't even know that it's like positivity for like, wow, we're going to do it. I feel like, like we, like, you know, as we keep going back, there are people who have sat down and looked at what they're willing to risk. And unless someone swoops in and says, Hey, we're going to help you out. And, you know, like legislature, legislature, sorry, can't (laughs) yawning. um, They're going to get involved and we're going to help them out with their debt. I don't think, some of these schools can physically look at the situation and say, yeah, we're just going to cancel and we're just going to lose all this money. Completely fair. Completely fair. And there's so many questions to be answered either way that it's almost impossible to tell, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. We might have different versions of this conversation over the, next month or six weeks or whatever as we as we see things yes. develop too. I mean it exactly. can change by tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean I had planned to have this kind of as a short term until we didn't need it anymore kind of podcast weekly. Um just to catch everybody up on kind of the entirety of what's going on. because um, I think a lot of times we look at, you know, the SEC and the Pac twelve and Big 12 and the, you know, the power conferences and really, you know, forget that, you know, the canary in the coal mine was the Ivy Leagues and that the smaller conferences are really, really going to suffer in all of this, no matter what happens. Um, you know, because even if you're looking at half, half of a stadium for every game or no fans at all, you know, that's still a complete loss of revenue and you're trying to play just for the TV money at that point. And for some schools, that's not enough. Um, you know, big sky schools aren't on TV enough to, to do that. So it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the Ivy League, it's 
we're, we're always quick to discount them, but it's a, I think it's worth remembering that they kind of the catalyst for basketball and also worth remembering that the university presidents that are going to make the ultimate decision, there's several of those that are Ivy League educated and probably fall back to those roots. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I know Michigan's went to Brown, but hey, that's, that's going to play a role, I think, in, in more of it. But we'll, we'll find out as, as we move forward. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear more from the players as we move through this. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of voices I think have been found over the last month um, in college football, and players have found some power. And I'm interested to see how they wield it through this. Um, like I know UCLA basically got together and demanded that an outside, you know, entity take a look at all of the testing and, you know, just audit everything and make sure that what they say is happening is actually happening. Um, And I'm surprised that more teams haven't said something similar. Have you guys heard anything like that coming from your part of the world? Uh, I would, no, I don't think so. Or maybe I haven't paid attention. No, no, I haven't, I haven't heard that, heard that either. I, I, on the token of using their voice, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it more as them using their voice and actually stating their opinions because I'm seeing all kinds of on social media type of stuff on Twitter where they're saying wear a mask so I can wear a helmet or some version of that message. And that feels, I'm sure that there's good intentions behind it, but it also feels to me kind of like a, the school is telling you to do it the same way. I feel like when Nick Saban says wear a mask, I don't feel like Nick Saban really, gives a shit to be honest with you but like I think that they're I want them to use their voice and say whether they're comfortable playing how how they feel their school's handling it those sort of things versus some almost generic type of message I guess totally agreed because I don't know I feel like one of the few ways that college football is going to be able to move forward with any level of success is just a level of transparency between players and fans and everyone else that a whole bunch of people in power are not comfortable with. Um, I don't know if they can make that corner. You know what I mean? These guys need to be able to talk freely about what they experience, um, you know, and need to be able to hold people in power accountable for keeping them as safe as possible. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, and they need to be able to say those things, though. With, I'd like to think that they could say it without some of the backlash they face right now. I mean, right now, if you say something that's against the school that you are at or went to, it seems like the immediate reaction for people is to discount it and figure out reasons that you didn't like the school or why you weren't really as good of a player as they said you were when you were there, those sort of things, instead of taking it with with truth first and and then trying to, you know, actually investigate it. What they're actually doing is just saying, well, of course he'd say that because he didn't get the same carries as he thought he should get or they didn't throw in the ball or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it should have to be like, 
you know, you should have to go air it on Twitter, right, for everybody to see, but there should be a mechanism for those guys to be able to, you know, escalate to somebody who gives a shit, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Hmm. You know, it's not like they don't have media contacts. Recruiting happens, right? <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh. So I read on uh, on Twitter the other day because that is my source of social interaction apparently now. Yay. <laughs> Didn't see that world coming. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I read the other day that like a quote from somewhere that was like sports are a sign of a functional society and we don't have one of those right now. And I tend to agree with it. <laughs> um, you know, we all knew, I don't, I don't know if we all knew, but like deep down, one of the like core things that was taught to me was that, you know, if it comes down to you want wanting the government or some other, you know, power that be to come save you, they probably won't. And I think we're living that right now. And, you know, if I was a college football player, I'd have a hard time being like, oh, yeah, I'll be back. Let's go do workouts, right? Like, I understand it's the future and all of that, but it's the same reason that, you know, I would have a really hard time going back to my office right now. Um, Or, you know, definitely not going to be hanging out in restaurants anytime soon. And, you know, these guys are kind of at will. They can forfeit their scholarship and stay home and, you know, do online school like a a generation is going to and just try to get through this and survive. And I don't know. I, I know I sound very serious, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down to that. Like there's, there's no greater NCAA that's going to swoop in with a testing process that's standardized across everybody. And, you know, the SEC is going to spend the most money and the PAC 12 is going to, you know, let there be a huge disparity between what's spent at Oregon versus what's spent at Oregon state (laughs) and the mountain West is going to do whatever, you know, I think the Mac might be able to get it together. (laughs) They needed to, but it's just, I'm, I'm scared that we're going to try to do this and it's going to spectacularly fail when we can see that there's, you know, that we're in danger, right? Yeah, I agree. I feel like we're going to get started and then we're going to hit about two, three games and then it's going to be like, actually, we need to cancel this. Like, that's also one of my fears. Yeah, I actually am kind of, I'm kind of, I don't want to say okay with that, but like that scenario, if they start it and realize they need to shut down, I guess my hope there is that we're going into this with some sort of a clear line or a mechanism in place where we say, okay, we hit this this threshold, then it, it's over. This isn't working. We can't we can't pull this off. We did our best, but you have to hope that that's before somebody's seriously hurt because I think the I ultimately think most players are going to choose to play. I don't think there's going to be very many people that fit out. I think they're going to choose to play 
they could forfeit their scholarship, but there's also almost air of invincibility when you're when you're younger, for sure. I know, and I would assume when you're a division level, division one level college athlete, that you you probably think you're okay in a lot of situations where, as we get older, we might not think the same things. That's fair. That's a fair assessment of being 19. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't remember it well, but I, I, I was there <laughs> once, but I don't remember it as clearly as I should. But uh, I just, like, I sat down the other day and tried to think about what this would have been like at any other point in my life, right? Like, probably would have been fine as a kid teenager would have been really crappy because being stuck at home with my sister's kids would have been just joyous. I mean, but there was like points where I was like really broke. It didn't have any insurance and living in sketchy places. And you know what I mean? Where it's like, man, this would have really sucked. So yeah, if I was in college, I would have had to move to my parents probably like the moment my lease would have ended. I probably would have been right back at my parents. Because I would have had a job um, that I barely made any money at when I was at the peak of busy season. So that job would have been even, I would not have a job, let's put it that way. I would have lost my job. So in a weird, messed up, this happened at the best time it could have happened for me. And I don't like the way that sounds, but. Totally yeah, agree. If I and was, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, if I was any younger, I would have just yeah, I wouldn't I would have been in rough shape. But exactly. I mean I look at my I have a twelve year old brother at home and he uh he was fine with his summer vacation starting early, but he really struggled adjusting to having his classes online that last month. So, like, I am so worried for him because he is not excited if he has to do all his classes online. Um, Des Moines schools right now have it to where they are going to give uh, middle schoolers, like, a two days a week thing. They can go in class two days a week, and then the rest is online. And for someone like him where, you know, he doesn't have a job to worry about or, like, paying bills to worry about and stuff, but he's worried about how he's going to get educated. So there's just, that's terrifying. there's so he's many, 12. yeah, there's just know, so many right? things going on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of talked about this with my mom the other day. So I got to see my mom. That was really awesome. We went grocery shopping because she needed help getting 50 pound bags of flour into the truck. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're holed up on the ranch, man. They're just up there for the foreseeable future, I guess. Um, I'm, anyway, I'm, in, I'm, about this. I'm in suburbs and I'm in suburbs in Des Moines with 25 pound bags. So, I mean, they're not that, that far behind. <laughs> also fair. <laughs> uh, she was talking about how like she would have like loved to have me at home for a year when I was young and I was like, yes, but I think you're thinking of the points between like five and 12 when it would have been like amazing. But, you know, you try to do that when I'm 16, 17, I can't even imagine what kind of unholy tear I would have been like, 
Because basically all I remember from that age is being really emotionally unstable and hating everyone. So I had pandemic on top of that. Oh, my God. Like, and she had to acquiesce. She's like, yeah, that's fair. Teenage you might have got shot. And I'm like, see? <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Right, that's uh, what, so now so, you're going to have these, like, 19, 20, 18, 19, 20-year-old guys that be in the same type of situation. They want to be at school. They want to be playing football like right. life was set up to do. They want to be around people. They want to be, you know, you're kind of, you think of a good football player. You want to be Trevor Lawrence at home at your parents' house, or do you want to be in, at Clemson? Right. No, for real. And that's across the entire college football spectrum, I have a feeling, from, I don't know, NAI. Like, there's an NAIA school just, you know, across the way, right? Are those guys going to play football? I haven't heard crap about them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – right now is a lot, you guys. Like, this whole pandemic thing can be done. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. I always feel so sad when conversations are like, wow, I wish things would go back to normal because I feel like, you know, there isn't going to be. We're going to have a new normal. And right. I have no idea what that's going to look like. None of us do. It's terrifying. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm an anxiety-prone human being anyway, so I'm always looking for the worst-case scenario. And when the worst-case scenario is, like, unfathomable, like it is right now, like, that gets tough. Like, <laughs> like I, I spend a lot of time freaked out. <laughs> and I... You know, I know I'm not alone in that. So, you know, even no, people who are healthy not. most of the time are like, you know, struggling right now. It's it's hard, and you know, everybody's got to make their own choices, and that's the other difficult part of it, right? You know, do you let down your guys? You know, if my office started insisting that we all had to come back in and sit four feet apart at our stupid little open air cubicles, would I go? Or would I quit? You know what I mean? Yeah. But on the other hand, yeah, I don't I love like building websites like people love playing football. Like, <laughs> so there's that. Right. That was, right. That was, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, that's kind of like that's what I would say. Like when I think well, you know, as as an adult, I should make that choice. So there you go. Well, do I? do I want to find another job or that's how I weigh it in. But I'm not looking at it like, man, if I don't go, maybe I'll go in the second round anymore. And now I don't have $30 million. I have 30,000. Right. That's a big decision at 20. Like that's crazy. Right. It's a lot of weight to carry. Sure. And the other thing of, the other people I keep thinking about in all this is coaches and their families. Um, the amount of pressure that the coaches who are in the, like really give a shit about their players line, right. The amount of pressure those guys be under has to be insane. Just trying to figure out how to do this. It's like, you know, a month ago you were trying to figure out fall camp and now you're trying to figure out pandemic response. 
Right, like how do you take care of these hundreds of guys that are under your care, but then you also have to take into consideration, well, how do I make sure my entire staff is getting paid, but then how do I make sure that I'm also getting paid to take care of the family I have at home? And what are we going to do with my kids? And can I bring, you know, can I go back and forth between the football complex and my house or do I have to, you know, get another place or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah, because they're already working, already working insane hours. I think it's pretty well known that you get football coaches sleeping in their office or being there for going home for two or three hours a day or whatever. And now you're going right. to add this in. And, and then we got to figure out the logistics, which isn't just on them, but of say the quarterback room or the wide receiver room or whatever, do I have am I doing Zoom meetings for the wide receiver meeting now? If I can't do I put all my first three string quarterbacks all in the same room because that seems unhealthy. I'm gonna end up with like field goal kicker taking snaps. Something goes bad. That that's logistically right. there's some weird things to work out. Okay, let's just reduce football to punting contests. That seems safe. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Do I get Sam Fultz back? <laughs> we'll set it up like soccer over time. It'll be great. <laughs> Games will be 10 minutes long. They'll be on Quibi or whatever the fuck that thing is that nobody watches. <laughs> Uh, man, it's been really good to talk to you guys. Um, my husband is really tired of listening to me rant about football and he does not care one bit. Yeah, I feel that not that I have a husband who's annoyed by me, but it's definitely hard working in going to work. Well, not going to work. I work from home, but spending six to eight hours of my day working in a industry that doesn't care or rely on sports and then being isolated away from all my sports people. <laughs> right. It's tough. Yeah, it's uh, always good to have an outlet and talk, talk about it more. And I said, I good we can do this and hopefully do it a few more times and we can, we can keep sure. figuring this out for the, for the NCAA. If they can't figure it out, we'll take care of it for them. Yep, I'm sure they're listening. Um, they'll be the first download in an hour or so. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man, that just made me think about, like, at least sports media is keeping themselves sort of busy, but I'm curious how long the powers that be at newspapers are going to let that happen. Like, we're already starting to see AM radio get tanked, right? or not AM, but just radio in general. Um, and then one of our local newspapers has laid off some sports people. So I'm curious how how much longer those guys are going to be able to hang on to. Like we, we lost yeah, our representation all... at the athletic. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's only so long that you can keep writing COVID stories that people are going to read is the problem, right? Because eventually you're going to go, all right, uh, we're not – okay, we're not having football, basketball's in danger. Yeah, I got it. I got to read something else because I got to get my mind off of this stuff. And that's – if you lose readership, you lose ad sponsors, et cetera. Okay. That's tough. I don't know. 
somebody's going to end up playing a whole like season of NCAA football, and we're all going to play fantasy football based off of video game football. It'll be great. I'm I'm six games in. I took a tough loss at Purdue, but other than that, we're oh. we're still riding good. A tough loss at Purdue. I'm stunned. That doesn't ever happen to anybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. I was heartbroken. Like, <laughs> I thought I had thought I had an easy win. So I dug, I dug <laughs> that out though, just because I missed college football so much. I, I I started looking through. I haven't played my Xbox in like four or five years. I don't even remember the buttons on this thing, but I had like uh, I had NCAA football 14. Then we looked online. My wife said, like, "Can you sell it?" <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, aren't they worth like? Didn't I see fifteen hundred to two grand or something like that? Uh, it was like a hundred and fifty bucks. So like, I don't need. Uh, gotcha, that. gotcha. That was something else. Then never mind. It's a- if the UFC uh, goes bad still. this week, then I might. Man. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I'm good if you are. Thank you for joining. We'll do this again. Um, everyone li- yeah, still listening at this point, please again. go buy some Deadeye. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Bye. Go buy some data. I go to uh, tailgatesociety.com and read stuff and listen to our other podcasts. There's a whole bunch of people doing some really cool shit you should check out. For real. And if you want to join us, um, get a hold of us on Twitter because we are looking for people who are looking for a place to be creative. Um, and we are happy to, you know, take a look and maybe have a join us. So thanks everybody. We hope-